0: African government spending way above their means. Good morning Africa. Welcome aboard your Pulse and Everything Business in Africa. I am Ruth Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. <music> Deficit budgets are often a common theme of fiscal policy on the continent. But the past 14 months have seen elevated spending at a time when government earnings have reduced in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Thus, it's no doubt that the current spending levels of some countries is not sustainable. Victor Gasper is the Director, Fiscal Affairs at the International Monetary Fund, and he spoke to us on this challenge and more.
1: In advanced economies, uh, things have started to
0: improve.
1: We have seen that the amount of fiscal support that was deployed in 2020 and has persisted into 2021 is unprecedented. We see that uh, economic economic recoveries are taking hold, although in some countries they have uh, more recently uh, slowed down uh, somewhat. In our projections, we see advanced economies going back to the uh, pre-COVID-19 path over the medium term, and fiscal policy mimics the recovery in economic activity with the primary deficit coming back to pre-covid 19 levels over the medium term and the same happening to spending and revenues if we go to uh low income developing uh countries the situation is uh very different in the sense that uh public spending did not increase much in 2020 and 2021. These countries had to respond to COVID-19 and therefore had to give priority to health and to the support of vulnerable households and firms. But in order to uh, maintain a uh, stable uh, situation concerning public finances, they had to reprioritize in the area of spending And so they had to face much more severe trade-offs than in advanced economies. Going forward, in our projections, we see a gap between economic activity and the pre-COVID-19 projections. And that uh, gap is uh, something that affects persistently the uh, revenue side of the budget, which basically means that there is a financing gap that emerges for the medium to long term and that, together with less favorable uh, economic perspectives, creates uh, challenges concerning, for example, the attainment of the Sustainable Development Goals.
0: What could be the major challenges that countries are facing?
1: So you have alluded to two themes that are very strong in the annual meetings of the IMF and the World Bank. One is the great financing divide that I alluded to in the answer to your first question, and the great vaccine divide that basically is at the very center of your question. When we look at fiscal space, we do see that the ability of countries uh, to access uh, bond markets to get financing at favorable terms is very different with advanced economies. In a favorable position, and on the other extreme, uh, low income developing countries being severely uh, constrained. In the face of shocks like COVID 19, in the face of a crisis like COVID 19, having uh, favorable access to financing markets is a very important asset to have. The uh, great financing divide is something. That the global uh, community uh, is uh, addressing and should address with priority. But if anything, the great vaccine divide is even more uh, urgent with uh, most of the population in advanced economies already uh, vaccinated, while, say, in Africa, the percentage of the population fully vaccinated is still a tiny minority. Uh, It's very important that the global community engages in effective action. And that should aim, according to plans supported by the IMF, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, uh, should aim at uh, vaccinating at least 40% of the population of all countries before the end of the current year and 70% by mid-2022. Uh, this uh, policy actions to tackle the great vaccine divide and the great financing divide are very important uh, priorities to the global community.
0: Is there a universal solution for developing countries?
1: First of all, the theme that the uh, situation is such that one needs to have policy advice adapted to country-specific circumstances be it the situation concerning COVID-19, the prospects of COVID-19, the access to vaccines, the business cycle uh, situation of the country, the economic uh, prospects, uh, financing uh, constraints, the characteristics of the economy, how uh, dependent it is from uh, commodities, how dependent it is on tourism, All of these aspects distinguish from country to country, and one needs to adapt the uh, policy advice. One needs to tailor the policy advice, to use your expression, to uh, country-specific circumstances. But at the same time, something that we are emphasizing very much at this point of the uh, annual meetings of the IMF and the World Bank is the need for countries to benefit from a credible monetary and fiscal frameworks, and in the fiscal monitor, in chapter two of the fiscal monitor, we very much uh, look at the credibility of uh, public finances, the benefits that come from being explicit about public finance uh, uh, prudence, and we discuss the um, design of uh, rules and how this can benefit uh, countries. And we do show that countries that benefit from credible public finance uh, frameworks are able to access financing at better terms and therefore are better equipped to manage uh, the uh, conduct of a fiscal policy over time under the pressure of uh, very severe uh, shocks like COVID-19.
0: That was Victor Gasper, the Director of Fiscal Affairs at the International Monetary Fund. Now, a quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Kenya's President Uhuru Kenyatta slammed a ruling by the UN's top court on Tuesday to hand Somalia control of most of a potentially oil and rich caste chunk of the Indian Ocean. Following a better row between the two countries, Kenyatta said his government rejects in totality and does not recognize the findings in the decision by the International Court of Justice based in The Hague, which gave Nairobi only a small slice of the disputed tract of sea off the East African coast. A look at our markets. Yesterday's trading session on the Rwanda Stock Exchange recorded a turnover of Rwanda francs, 3,669,600 worth of bonds traded in four deals on the fixed income market, and Rwanda francs, 1,145,000 from 5,800 shares traded in three deals on the equities market. The RSI and the All Shares Index remain constant to close at 103.8 and 145.9, respectively. Radio frequency technology specialist Alaris has received a 535 million brands buyout bid, which could see it delisted from the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. In a notice to the Stock Exchange, Alaris stated that a consortium comprising of Tadvest Limited, CRH Investments, Conexus Capital Growth Fund Trust, Brazen Force Investments, Guni Investments and Choke Investments had offered to acquire the entire issued share capital of Alaris. This will be for 4.2 rand per share. Should the offer be accepted, the listing of Alaris shares on the JSE will be terminated shares in Alaris Rose more than 25% after the announcement of the news. East Africa cables posted a net loss of 753.2 million Kenya shillings at the end of the financial year ended. 31st December 2020. This is compared to a net profit of 630.9 million Kenya shillings of a similar period in 2019. The listed firm also sank into a pre-tax loss of 551.1 million in 2020, compared to a pre-tax profit of 658.7 million Kenya shillings in 2019. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of The K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is The K Financial. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at With